good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are tuning in from. Yes, happy Monday, Angie. Thanks for that. I love Mondays. Love Mondays. Start to a, a new week. All right. Hey, today I want to I want to talk for a little while about separation and unbelief and uh, how the idea of separation is 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 an, a form of unbelief. Um, and I, I'm often wondering to myself, how is it that we still believe separation exists between us and God? Uh, I've been wondering to myself uh, about how much my feelings lie to me and how much they they want to create separation because I'm not necessarily feeling the goosebumps, you know? Um, and this is, especially as it relates to my, my connection, uh, my union, uh, or, or oneness with father, son, and spirit, right? If I am the temple that houses the presence of God, how is it that I believe the lie of separation? It's an interesting thought to me. How is it that I'm still believing that lie? And there is an interesting thing I've heard about lies. I've heard this in numerous times, um, but it came up again last week. There's a guy named um, Jim Quick. He is a, a learning and memory expert. And um, hi, Pepper. And he has uh, he had a, a brain injury when he was a child. And so he's overcome a lot. And so he's got a lot of, of great material out there. But the one thing that, that I've heard uh, from him numerous times, and again, like I said, last week it came up, is the acronym for the word lie. And he calls it limited ideas entertained. Hey, good morning, Mike. And so a lie in an acronym being limited ideas entertained. And so for me, I take this as, as limiting. It limits me. And so when I'm thinking about the lie of separation and how my feelings are lying to me about certain things, uh, the ideas that um, limit who God is, right? the ideas that limit who God is showing up as for you or uh, for the church at large, uh, the ideas that limit what he's done for you, the ideas that limit where he is taking you. Uh, the ideas that limit saying anything about God besides the fact that he is good. The ideas that limit your oneness with Father, Son, and Spirit should not be entertained. It should not be entertained. Right, Placing limits on God puts him uh, in the box of your current comfort level uh, because you believe more in your strength and your wisdom rather than than God's. Hey, good morning or good afternoon, Anne-Marie. All right, so the, the lies of separation, that uh, doesn't leave me feeling comfortable, right? Even though that we know when we place these limits on God and put him in the box, we're, we're doing so in, in the box of our current comfort level. But does that lie of separation really leave you with comfort in your heart? 
I know for me, it doesn't, uh, but it is in our comfort zone to trust our feelings more than our reality because our reality is oneness, right? We, we know that we've established that in the past and we know as new creations, as children of God, that our reality is union. It is oneness. And there, there's no escaping that. However, our comfort zone is to trust our feelings more than that reality. And so how often, you know, do you use your imagination to punish yourself and create a fictitious scenario that is far more harsh than your actual reality? I find myself doing that frequently for some reason. And it, it creates this, this separation uh, from me and God. It, it'll create uh, lies of separation between me and other people that I know I share oneness with. And, and your feelings can just, they can just lie to you. Right. We, we know this because it, it happens all the time. Like, Oh, I don't feel God right now. I don't have the goosebumps or, you know, I don't have that warm feeling. And, and so we know that that feelings, they are aligned to us. They're creating separation, which is an unbelief problem. Because we know that we have oneness and we have to believe that. And so uh, I want to read real quick Isaiah 2.10. And this is out of the Passion. It says, Enter into the rock and hide in the dust from the dreadful presence of Yahweh and from his majestic glory. Let me read that one more time. It says, enter into the rock and hide in the dust from the dreadful presence of Yahweh and from his majestic glory. Are you hearing this and wanting to hide in the rock that is Jesus or are you wanting to hide in the rock from Jesus. There's, there's two different ways that we can hear that, that same verse, right? And so uh, based off your feelings or your belief about separation can send you in one of two different directions, right? Are you hiding in Jesus? Or are you hiding from Jesus? When we're believing the lie of separation, it's likely that you'll want to hide from Jesus because of a, a wrong understanding of who he is and how he's showing up for you or how he's wanting to show up for you. Some will take cover in the rock, finding shelter, finding a home, uh, the place of, of comfort, right? And not in a way that's, that's boxing things in comfort, a comfort that is the peace that surpasses all understanding, right? Not, not something that, that keeps you hidden. That keeps you from stepping out and expanding like God wants. Not that comfort. That's not what I'm talking about here. All right. The, the other way to see this is, is that those who don't believe that Jesus is the king of kings will see his majesty and be terrorized simply because of their choice not to believe. All right. And so in, in Angie's message yesterday about majesty, if you haven't seen it, haven't watched it, Go back and watch it. It is absolutely phenomenal and you will be blessed by it for sure. There is a lot to pull out of that. One of the things, though, that kind of captured my attention from that is 
Something has your affection. What is it? She asked that question. Something has your affection. What is it? And it's a, it's a great question. And in, in light of my thoughts here concerning separation and how much trust I put into my feelings, I have to ask, does, does Jesus have my affection or do my feelings have my affection? Right. When we talk about separation and unbelief and knowing that uh, something has your affection, what is it? Is it Jesus or is it my feelings, which don't always have my best interest in mind? And I know that the goodness of God does have my best interest in mind. Always. He always has my best interest in mind. His heart is always goodness towards me. The, the motive behind my feelings is not always to have me expand and reach the promise that God has for me. Oftentimes my feelings want to keep me boxed in, right? In that space of this is your current level of comfort. And so you don't want to break out of that because there's uncertainty there. It's uncomfortable. There's some pressure, maybe some heat. Growing, sharpening, all these things that happen outside of the space of of comfort. Again, not that comfort where you're finding a home in Jesus. And that peace that surpasses all understanding, that's not it. This is the, the, the box of comfort. Right? And I like to think about when we talk about keeping things boxed in or whatever, uh, the, the flimsy nature of boxes. Right? If you think about a cardboard box, it doesn't stand up to time very well. It doesn't stand up to any elements. So. Uh, it, it's easy to escape out of a box if we choose to do so. Oftentimes the boxes that we're trying to stay contained within are just crumbling around us. And we, and we just want to close our eyes and just, I don't see it. It's, it's not, it's still there, right? We have to be able to look at these things and, and figure out what has our affection. Another thing Angie talked about yesterday was as the gates, what you allow through is what gets established. And I think we have to remember that we are the gates, right? It is us who absolutely gets to decide what is released on the earth and what isn't. For far too long, we have abdicated that responsibility and authority to the enemy. We have allowed things to come onto the earth that shouldn't be here, that don't have place in the kingdom, that are actually illegal in the kingdom. Right? We shouldn't have sickness, we shouldn't have any diseases or anything. Uh, that requires a hospital, right? If something happens or something comes up 
it should be easy to turn to one another and say, I have this problem. This has come up. Not feeling well. This person in my life is dealing with this and immediately see results. Immediately. Because we have the solution to get to the root of problems. But we have to be willing to allow ourselves to, to open up, right? To be the gates. Right? Not just the keeper of the gate, but to actually be the gate itself. Right? Release the kingdom out on the earth, which doesn't leave space for any of those other things. Any of the perversions of the enemy are not allowed to hold space when we're releasing the kingdom. It, it, there's an interesting thought that um, my wife Tiffany and my daughter Abigail and I were talking about yesterday is light and darkness can't exist at the same time. Just like two people cannot occupy the same space at the same time, right? In, when we're thinking in the natural, this is the way that it works, right? Like if I put my fingers together, they can touch, but they cannot occupy the same space at the same time. It's not possible, right? If I push on one, it pushes it out of the way, and then I occupy that space, but it's not at the same time as the other one. Same with the light and the darkness. When the light comes in, the darkness has to flee. It cannot stay there. It cannot occupy that same space at the same time. And it's the same way with um, separation, unbelief, any problems on the earth. When we step in as the gates and we open up the kingdom, it displaces everything else because those other things cannot coexist. They cannot occupy the same space as the kingdom. So as the gates, what you allow through is what gets established. If you want to be okay with sickness and disease, then that's what's going to be released. You have more authority and responsibility than you often are going to give yourself credit for. And this is just another one of those uh, limited ideas entertained. Right? You're limiting God and his kingdom on the earth when you don't step in as a, as a real gate, as a, a child of God and say, I am only allowing the kingdom to pass through. And if I see other things that aren't of the kingdom, I'm taking the kingdom and I'm going to displace them. Because they can't occupy the same space at the same time. You get to decide what comes through and what doesn't. And I want to read 1 Corinthians uh, 6.19 for you. And I want to read it uh, in two translations here because... They each kind of pull out some different uh, aspects of that. First uh, Corinthians 619 uh, in the New American Standard says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are 
not your own. And then in the Passion, it says, Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer for the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. Lives inside your sanctuary. How good is that? Right? You are the temple of God. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. So when you make up your mind to believe that, when you make up your mind to displace the lie of separation and, and get rid of these limiting ideas, you get to release the kingdom because that's what lives inside of you. The kingdom of heaven resides in you and you get to spill that out onto the world. And I love the term spill out because when you think about spilling something, it's not controlled, right? It just kind of goes everywhere, goes where it wants, right? So when you spill out, it just kind of goes out. We don't care where it hits because it's going to displace any darkness. It's going to displace uh, anything that shouldn't be allowed through. You get to decide what comes through. As the gates, you get to decide that. And believing the lie of separation is no way to regard the majesty of the King of Kings. And we talked about majesty yesterday. Again, Angie opened that up brilliantly. So go back and watch that if you haven't. If you have, just go back and watch it again. And I've been asking myself again, how have I regarded the majesty of Jesus? And I actually had to look up the definition of majesty because I thought I knew what it meant, but you really should understand what these things mean to really know how it's being applied in your life. And so, Looking at the definition of majesty, it's, it's regal, lofty, a stately dignity, imposing character, grandeur, a supreme greatness or authority, sovereignty, a title used when speaking of or to a sovereign. So you can think of uh, your majesty, King Jesus. And when I look at those definitions, I, I feel a lack of regard for the person of Jesus in my life because I have believed the lie of separation. And that's not all the time. It's not all the time that I believe that lie, but there is, there, there are times where that happens. And that's in no way, that's no way to regard his majesty, who he is, right?
trying to trying to say this rightly. You know, I want to regard his supreme greatness and authority without it being a religious duty, without it being something that becomes uh, a regard for the sake of regard rather than uh, regard for his supreme greatness and authority for him and his glory. I hope that's coming across right. And, and I hope it's, it's landing well, because considering times in my own life where I am not regarding him, that, that hurts. That really hurts. Because I know in those times of regard where I'm believing the lie of separation, I'm not showing up as the gate. Something else has my affection, not Jesus. What always brings me back, though, out of that is, is I know he is not holding my lack of regard against me. He's secure in who he is. He's secure in his place. And so he doesn't hold my lack of regard against me. Uh, and if you have acted in any way less than fully regarding the majesty of the king of kings, he isn't holding it against you either. Right. Thank you, Jesus, that you're not holding that against us. Right. This is this is part of the beautiful wonder and mystery of being God's child. Your wrongdoing against the Father uh, is not stored in, in a database to be uh, pulled out at some future point as evidence of your guilt. Right. The only evidence presented is on your behalf. That is your inclusion on the cross. How fantastic is that? Right? We, we can mess up, but it's not held against us. It's not recorded to be later pulled out and held against you. Second Corinthians 5.19 says, in other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. Not only does he not hold things against you, he's given you the ministry of reconciliation, of opening the door to reconciliation to God. You get to do that for other people. But we need to realize there is no separation. We need to believe that we have, that we share oneness with Father, Son, and Spirit. We share oneness with each other. Because if you are going to be the gate who opens the door of reconciliation to God for others, you need to believe who you are. I, I hope you're finding curiosity in believing as much as I am because believing is so vitally important. You know, everywhere in scripture I turn, uh, even in society today, uh, it points to unbelief being a major problem, especially here in the West. We have so many uh, uh, comforts and we have so many 
um, different ways to go about things. You know, we don't turn to God first. He is at best second when things go wrong. And this is so pervasive. We erect fictional walls between us and God, then pretend that we can be separated from him and point to the fact that we can't see him. Uh, so therefore he must not exist. Right? You see this thought process that starts to snowball when we believe the lie of separation. When we put belief in that. And do you see how your feelings can lie to you? Again, I'm not saying your feelings are always going to lie to you, but if you weigh your feelings against who scripture says God is and it doesn't line up, you should start to question them. It, it could go the other way. If we do confess he is real, uh, saying things like he is distant because of uh, our sin or some other nonsense that is still attempting to create distance. In this case, feelings are deepening their influence over your thought life. You can't let feelings influence your thought life in a wrong direction. The majesty of Jesus does, just doesn't allow for that. Right. What he did on your behalf on the cross does not allow for distance. What Jesus did on the cross with the father being in him, in Christ, reconciling you to himself only leaves space for oneness. That's it. The majesty of the king of kings allows only for your union with him nothing else it doesn't allow for separation right the majesty that he brings brings out and and puts on display for us it doesn't it doesn't leave space for separation it can't it gets pushed out by oneness because separation isn't part of the kingdom oneness is I mean, think about how much desire the father is filled with for you that he would send his son to collect the sins of the world, destroy their power and grip over you, as well as annihilating the grip of death. All while being in union with the son on the cross, that desire doesn't allow for separation. Even if you want to pretend there is distance, even if you want to believe that lie. The only ex distance exists as a lie in your own mind. There is just no space for it. They can't exist at the same time. Right, so many of, th of the things that we are asking you here at Unedited Life to do starts with what you believe about God who he is, how he shows up for you, how he shows up for the church at large. It begins by answering this question. 
what is it you believe about God? That's really important. What is it that you believe about God? Again, I hope you're getting curious about belief and the importance that it plays in our lives as believers, right? What you believe about God, so very important. Is a vital question for you to get in and answer. Because if anything that you describe isn't goodness, oneness, love, then you need to start having another look at things and having a conversation with the Holy Spirit because the kingdom needs to spill out of you. We need you, the earth, all of the people of the world, from this point right now to moving forward, need you to believe that you share oneness with the Father. We all need you to show up as the gates and spill out the kingdom onto the earth. We absolutely need it. So this week, determine if you're putting up the invisible walls of separation. And if so, if you find that there is anything, any amount of unbelief, any amount of separation, big or small, find those areas with Jesus and then tear them down, right? Tear them down with Jesus, not on your own, right? And I am not talking about a delicate deconstruction here, right? Run a bulldozer through it because that's what needs to happen, right? So find those things this week. Lord, I ask that you would open up the eyes of, of everyone that hears this. I just asked you would open up the eyes of people everywhere to see the lie of separation for what it is a lie. Something that limits you in our lives. Lord, expose any unbelief in our hearts and help us to, to bulldoze past that and continue to move forward with you. I'm so grateful for your, your love and faithfulness to us and how you're continuing to come after us even in these moments where we are trying to put up walls. Yes, expose those things to us this week, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. Have a great week. Love you all. And we'll see you again soon. Bye.